Hey, uh, welcome. Uh, yeah, it's good to be here. Um, not that I've been gone that long, but last week you got to hear somebody else, so that was probably nice. Woo. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, and so anyway, it's Christmas season, right? Are you guys excited? Anyone excited for Christmas? Honestly, I, I, yeah, the young kids are like, yeah, parents are like, oh gosh, I have so much to do still, right? Like, uh, I did, we did the parade last night, that was fun. Anyone do the parade? No, didn't come and say hi? Some, <laughs> you were in the parade? We had a couple people in the parade, uh, it was the first ever Camden-Wyoming Christmas Parade, so Camden and Wyoming managed to get together for a little bit. You know, that's, wow. it's historical. It's precedent-setting. Uh, get used to it or don't get used to it. Uh, those of you who don't know, there's a long history between Camden and Wyoming, and I'll tell you at a later date. Uh, but, you know, I, I, do, I love Christmas. Anyone? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a fun season. I saw a Facebook post that said, uh, make no mistake, Christmas season starts... Uh, November 1st, and Thanksgiving is just a halftime. <laughs> and I think that's how a lot of us treat it, right? And some of you know I have a tree business, and uh, we sell Christmas trees on a, a farm, and, uh, which sounds like a lot more fun than it actually is. Like, the, the selling part's not too bad, but the stuff you have to do to get the trees ready all year. Uh, anyway, it sounds like a fairy tale. I live on a Christmas tree farm <laughs> where deer play in the fields. Uh, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, it's... I think people are decorating earlier and earlier. We were cutting trees now before Thanksgiving, but there's this kind of general sense of excitement. Uh, and it's kind of, it's funny in some ways because I think a lot of people celebrate Jesus this time of year and honestly probably have no, a lot of them have no idea who Jesus is or what he did. And so every year we kind of take a look at, at the Christmas stories in the, in the Gospels and in, 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 uh, in uh, Matthew and in Luke. And so we're going to be looking at Jesus who had a big impact on society. He never traveled very far from his home. Uh, he was born to teen parents. He had never had a political office, but we mark time in the Western world by his birth. Although we're off by a few years because they never thought to do that till later. So um, <laughs> we, were a little, we were a couple years off. He may have been born in 3 or 4 BC uh, because we just didn't do it till later. Um, <laughs> anyway, I, but there's a song, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. You guys like that song? God rest ye merry gentlemen. Sound very familiar? No? Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, the, one of the last, the last lines of the song says this. It says, uh, which brings uh, tidings of comfort and joy. And so this year, you know, we, we kind of grabbed that as a title. And it comes out of Luke 2.10, which says, And the angel said unto them, uh, we'll get to this later, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. Um, and, and really, Christmas is this, this greatest story that's ever told. And we're going we're gonna to back it up. We're going to unpack some things. And so we're going to start in Luke chapter 1. Uh, starting in verse 5, and it talks about a guy named John the Baptist who's born. Now, maybe you've heard John the Baptist. I do a joke where I throw water on you, knock, knock, who's there? John the Baptist. And, uh, maybe that's the only, you're only hearing of John the Baptist. Uh, it's a dad joke, and I get to throw water at people, so it's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, maybe, maybe you don't realize how he factors into the Christmas story. And so in chapter, in chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah 
Uh, he was a member of the priestly order of Abia, uh, and his wife Elizabeth was also the priestly line of Aaron. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations, but they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Uh, and so in, in the, in the, this was a, a long time ago. Uh, there's no, they had no children. Now, in, in that society especially, there was sort of a, a little bit of a social shame to it. We were talking about that. Normally we do things in the men's group, and then it kind of shows up in, in the sermon. And this week is going to be no different because we were actually talking about this passage yesterday in the men's group. And we're talking about in that society a lot of times, you know, people would be like, well, there's, there's something wrong with you who sinned, you know, that, you know, not the vast medical knowledge we have where we kind of understand some things. And, and so it was like kind of a social shame. And it was hard because if you didn't have kids, they were like your social security of the day. Um, you know, you have kids because they're the ones that are going to take care of you as you age. Uh, and so it was kind of a concern that way. Uh, and, you know, they might even have blamed Elizabeth in that society and told, you know, Zechariah to, to remarry. Uh, and they were very old which, if you look in the Greek, it means very old. <laughs> that, that ship had passed, if you know what I mean. Some of us who are, you know, you have kids when you're younger, and then you get to an age, you're like, no. Uh, and there's an age where even if you think no, your body's like, no, we're done with that. And uh, so it, it was old. Um, you think retirement years, not, you know, just married, dragging cans from the back of a donkey. Um, <laughs> but Anyway, so I, I, and I, I don't know, I, I, like, I... I, I tend to like try to think of like those people in those days. What were they like? And I didn't. I don't know. Like, were they like the the kindly, nice, old, friendly neighbors that you have, or were they like the cranky old people? Uh, I was. I, I we were at a, a certain social function recently. Uh, some of you were there, and the music was a little loud. And all I could think of was they need to turn this music down and get off my lawn. You know, I'm like I am officially at the age where <laughs> I want them to turn the music down because I can't talk. Um, some of you are younger by by a, a, you know six months, so maybe you don't feel that way. <laughs> but um, and I'm going to keep your ball. Anyway, I don't know how you picture them, but they're, they're an older couple, childless. It says this. It says, one day, Zechariah was serving in the temp, uh, uh, God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And when the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. And, and so... There were a lot of priests by this time in Israel's history, possibly 18,000. And so they were kind of like, there's the, the active duty ones who are kind of there, there on duty. But then there's like the reserves. These are the reserves. Some of you are in reserve military <laughs> things. So they, they just kind of come in for the, his one weekend a month, two weeks a year kind of thing. Uh, so he's, he's there. Uh, and possibly the only time in his life he gets kind of tapped for the get to go in and burn the incense in the Holy of Holies. This is kind of a big deal. Uh, so this is kind of his, his big pinnacle career moment, if you will, probably, and he goes in there, it's kind of a quick in and out, you know, just kind of, not, not the restaurant, but you just kind of go in, do a few things, you're, you're going to be coming out. Uh, he's burning incense, which is sort of representative of the prayers going up to God. And, and so it says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. And fear is the normal, and we've talked about this, the normal reaction when you see an angel. I grew up in the era of the show Touched by an Angel. Anyone? 
yeah, it's like, that's kind of how I picture angels, because, you know, culturally, it was like, oh, they just show up, and it's like, it's like a person just suddenly starts to glow, and you realize they're an angel, but generally in the Bible, when an angel shows up, people are, like, terrified. I'm not exactly sure what they look like. It's just got to be, like, a pretty scary sort of moment, and so angel shows up, and, you know, I, I kick when I'm scared, so I don't know if he kicked at the angel, because I've told you, don't ever... If you, if you ever come in the church, everyone's got codes to this building, man. I'm in here sometimes. People show up doing stuff. Sometimes you don't know I'm here, too, and I don't know whether to jump out and scare you. Uh, maybe you kick, too. Let me know if you're ever in here, because, like, shoot me a text so I don't, like, kick you, um, which would make it awkward, you know. You'd Facebook post, Pastor Jeff kicked me. Uh, <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, and, and so th- there's this kind of, there's this sudden shock and fear. And some of you know like what I, what I mean, like suddenly there's someone else in the room kind of th- moment, you know, and, and that's, that's sort of the moment. Ze- you know, Zechariah, I'm going to call him Z. Z's sitting there and all of a sudden, boom, there's an angel. Uh, and, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. Uh, so, your wife Elizabeth will give you a son. You don't need a new one. You're getting one from her. Uh, ultimate surprise. I mean, th- and think about this for some of you who are child. I know in our society, a lot of people are choosing to be childless, but it's gener- generally through history, it's been something. It's a natural thing. And, and those who are people of faith, like you know, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth would have been probably prayed thousands of times for this, right? Like, like, hey, God, kid would be great. <laughs> kid would be great. You know, your your friends who got married after you were having kids you're like kid would be great (laughs) kid would be great (laughs) and it's just kind of not happening and then you kind of get to the point where you're kind of thinking well it's it's done and and, and in their case they were old enough that well that that ship had sailed that that time had passed it it wasn't going to happen uh and suddenly angel kind of shows up and says hey you know here it is (laughs) uh it's sort of like a a, it's a big christmas surprise you know I, i love christmas gifts that are surprises you know, a baby would be a real big surprise. Uh, this is a, b- a big surprise. Um, kind of like money in a pocket. You ever, like, you put on old jeans, you, like, last time you wore, and isn't that, like, a great day? I remember a couple years ago, I found a Butterfinger in my winter jacket. It, it was like a Festivus miracle, you know? I was just like, and you better not lay a finger on my Butterfinger. It was good. Um, and you're going to name him John, which is, it's great because, you know, you, Naming a kid is so hard. Maybe some of you kind of instantly knew. I, I felt like there was a lot of pressure because if I name my kids something and they get teased, like, you know, so I try to think of every way people could tease my kids about their name. And, you know, uh, maybe some of you didn't. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know but it's a lot of pressure. And, and John kind of means like God is gracious. Uh, and it says, uh, it says this, you will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. Uh, and this, the, the not touching wine, there was something called a Nazarite oath, and you see that in the, uh, the, the book of Judges. Samson was a Nazarite. It was sort of this special thing, and, and they, they didn't touch that, and they kind of grew their hair long. So, I mean, John's going to look kind of crazy like a homeless dude. We're going to see him later. He shows up in the New Testament eating locusts and wild honey, you know. So there's this, I picture him like, I always picture when he grows up, he's like this crazy man. Uh, like, you know, kids today kind of let their hair grow out. Maybe he had a big mullet or something. I don't know. Little, little locust in his, and honey in his, in his beard, that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, that, that's, that's kind of the picture of who he's going to be. It says, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. 
And, and if, if, if you know the story of John later on, I love John because he, he, like, he calls people to repentance for God. He's preparing the way for Jesus, ultimately. He gets this, kind of this cool ministry. But then like, when, when like, the Pharisees are showing up, he's like, you brood of vipers. So the religious people show up, he calls them a pile of snakes. You know? He's a very bold dude. Uh, but he, he's, he ultimately, it's, kind of, it's showing the kind of life this, he's going to lead. It's this, he will be a great man filled with spout, uh, the spirit and power of, of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers uh, to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. And so uh, the, the spirit and power of Elijah, that's a, that's a whole lot of stuff. But if you go into the New Testament and you look at like, who Elijah was... You know, there's all these things uh, that he, who he was, and there's a lot of things that we miss when we read uh, the New Testament because maybe we don't have the full background of things. Uh, and so in Malachi 4, it says this, Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the hearts of the children to their fathers. Others otherwise I will come and strike the land with a curse. And so he says, you know, John becomes this forerunner of Jesus. Ultimately, you know, he figures into the Christmas story because, because he's born about the same time. And as we're going to see, you know, Elizabeth's uh, like a cousin to Mary. <laughs> so there, there's some connection. But ultimately, he's this forerunner for Jesus. And he gets this cool thing. And so after all this stuff, <laughs> Zechariah, now picture this. You've just been told great things. Great things are going to happen with your kid. You're going to have a child in your old age. An angel of God is speaking to you inside the temple. Imagine that moment. Like, it's powerful, right? You'd be like, oh, this is incredible. What does Zechariah say? How can I be sure this will happen? <laughs> I'm an old man now. My wife's also along in years, which I found out, don't say at your reunion, high school reunions, because people are like, no. <laughs> Denise and I are okay. We're getting a little long in the tooth, but... Uh, <laughs> Some of you get that. Uh, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I be sure of this? And, and there's a doubt, right? There, there's this moment where he's like, I don't know. Maybe this isn't going to happen. Um, we're a little bit old for this. Like we tried. It didn't work. Um, and, and there's a story. You ever see Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? If you didn't, there's something wrong with you. No, it's like I, I love the cartoon. And I, in my day, it only came on once a year. Like anybody grow up in that era i know it's like our kids are used to like you put a dvd in or you stream something it came on like once a year everyone at school was talking about it you were all excited because if you missed rudolph that night it was done you didn't get to watch it for another year and then i've got the uncut version oh my gosh the uncut version has some other stuff in it yeah there's an uncut version of rudolph because they had to shorten it for tv anyway but there's this great scene in there uh with the island of misfit toys and everything and the the the, the little rudolph this doll says i haven't any dreams left to dream it's like that sad moment right that's kind of where they are they, they they've dreamed of this you know and they might uh, the op ultimate hope of, of being you know with with god for eternity but they really kind of felt like the ship has sailed it hasn't happened in this life it's not going to happen and a lot of times i think a lot of us you know it's like you can kind of look at his answer and think oh, that guy but you know, do we kind of also have that sometimes where we, we really sort of <laughs> uh, lack that? And, and there's all these biblical stories of the precedent, you know, Sarah and Abraham, Rebecca and Isaac, Samson's mother, Hannah, <laughs> Samuel's mother, barren people who ultimately get children, but they're kind of, they're in this doubting moment. And again, before we get on Z for his doubt, you know, how many of us have felt that way? We had a dream for life that just doesn't come true. 
Uh, you know, that, you know, uh, it can be hard to, to feel like you want something. You pray for it. I never seem, it never seems to come to pass. And you wonder if God's listening. You know, you wonder if it's this dream that's going to go unfulfilled. And I, and I dare say their dream for their child turned out different than they planned. And the timing was certainly different than they planned. But, but ultimately, it's fulfilling God's purposes. And it says this, and then the angel said, I am Gabriel. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I picture Fluffy now because I'm a comedian. I am Gabriel. I stand in the prairie presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Hey, you want a sign? You want to play some games with me? Here you go. You got nine months of charades to play. Uh, you know, this is like, they couldn't text, you know, like text his wife, hey, Angel showed up and take a picture. They couldn't post it to the gram, you know. I mean, they had to, you know, kind of figure out a way to talk. And it says, now, meanwhile, because remember, all this is happening, he's supposed to do what? Go in, offer a little incense, come out. They're all waiting for him. There, there's, a, there's a tradition, a legend you may have heard, where they tie a rope to the guy. It's actually not true. Uh, I did some research. <laughs> they, there's no historical reason that we think it's true, but they, they kind of the thought was that you, you tie him to a rope in case he died, and then you could like fish him out because you know what would happen. Um, but sorry to ruin your your thought for that. Uh, another thing I could ruin for Christmas for you. You're welcome. <laughs> but you know why was he taking so long? Meanwhile, people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. Like, dude. You just got to light some incense. Uh, when he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Again, charades. And they realized his gestures and his silence <laughs> that they must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. They're not the smartest guys, but they figured something because they couldn't talk anymore. Uh, <laughs> and, and so, you know, <laughs> there's, he makes gestures. He's playing Pictionary charades. Two words. Sounds like... A, uh, <laughs> it says this. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. And, and so she, kinda, she goes off in seclusion. You know, it's, you know didn't want to like hold up the pregnancy test and show. They didn't have those then either. You know, <laughs> Did, Didn't do a big gender reveal party then. Uh, came out, but she comes out with a five-month baby bump. And, and I mean, if they'd had Instagram in the day, people would be like, is that a Photoshop? <laughs> you know, did, did, you know, eat too many tacos. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and so you got to get this picture of this happy couple with a kid. It's it's the start of this great, great um, thing. Now, it, it's interesting having a Christmas tree farm. Uh, there's all kinds of interesting stories and things. And I remember I've told you some of you the story. I don't like to mention. I won't mention the, the name of the actual person uh, from, from from here. But uh, one one year at the Christmas tree farm, we had somebody come out late, and they wanted a very large tree. And I'll, I'll tell you later if you ask me who it was. Uh, but they came out, and they were the background singer for a very famous artist who wouldn't need a, a last name. <laughs> and they, the, their best friend and backup singer lives in Delaware, of all places. But I mean, we have low taxes, so why not? And, and you know, it's, it's, it was interesting, because when she kind of, through conversation, I was helping her find a tree, I figured out who she was. And then I, I recognized her, too, because I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen you in the background of the videos. Because I have this lifelong fascination with, like, background singers. 
and like bit part actors. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's this guy who's like third villain number three or something in a movie. And you're like, I've seen that dude in another movie. And he's like, you do your whole career of like, you're never the star, you're just kind of, and I kind of wonder about the background singers. Like what's their life like? Apparently they, they live in Felton. Uh, but, but you know, and some of you are like, what? Oh, actually it was Frederick. But, um, I'm kind of fascinated with this, and so, you know, because, you know, some people have this whole career, and they're just sort of this, you know, this background person, and really, they don't get to be maybe the main person, but they still lead a pretty cool life, and that's who John is. John is not the main character of the story. You know, he's the background singer. He's the the, the backup guy. He's 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 the opening act, if you will, but ultimately, he gets to play this huge, cool part. And so ultimately, Christmas, we celebrate the artist. We, we celebrate the Messiah. We celebrate that Jesus comes. Now, John doesn't get to be the Messiah, but, but he gets to announce that the Messiah has come. And John the Baptist, you're going to see, we're going to see uh, as we read the Gospels more in the, throughout the year, we, we won't during this series a lot, but John the Baptist comes on the scene to announce the Messiah, ultimately that Jesus is coming. And that's what we celebrate this season. We celebrate God's fulfilling his promise. He's bringing, bringing as we'll read further later on in Luke, uh, bringing tidings of comfort and joy. He, he's, you know, uh, Christmas is this time to celebrate and share who Jesus is. You know, the, uh, the, this, the happy old couple, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth, uh, God put them in a place to proclaim their good news to their neighbors and friends and show God's faithfulness. And God puts all of us in a place where we can do that. We're all on this mission. And this season is really a time where people are open to hearing the story of Jesus. And so I'd encourage you, celebrate it. Spend time contemplating it. But also invite a friend to hear the greatest story ever told.